Alright, Bruiser Nation, and here we go with our main and only excursion of Heart of a Lion Part 2, the two out of three falls match between Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, and Chris Jericho, triple threat for both the Intercontinental and European Championships. Like I alluded to before, Kurt Angle held both of these championships and Bob Backlund signed him up for this storyline-wise. The pace of this match was absolutely ridiculous. It was almost it, everything you would expect from these three in their prime is what it was. It was fast-paced from the jump. Counters, signature maneuvers, I mean, within five minutes. We'd already seen a springboard dropkick to both Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle at the same time, German suplexes, belly-to-belly -belly suplexes, double underhook backbreakers. These guys were pulling out all the stops from the get-go because they had to win twice if they wanted both titles. And the main story of the match was Kurt Angle's absolute desperation to keep his championships. Every time he hit a suplex, covered. He's just trying to get out of Dodge as quickly as possible. He wasted no moments whatsoever, always trying to win that matchup. And it carried over into everyone's performance because it was just, you know, you're fighting one guy normally in a triple threat. You'll incapacitate somebody, toss them out of the ring, and it'll come down to a one-on-one -on -one for a few minutes and then back to everybody going at it and repeat. It wasn't like this in this triple threat match. It was you get a guy down. He's only down for a second. You turn around, there's another guy. The guy you thought you incapacitated, be it Chris Jericho, Benoit, or Kurt Angle, is right there, right in your face every time. Nobody had control per se. I mean, it was a lot of technical wrestling involved when they were hitting their moves. And I thought it was really creative that they recovered so quickly because they were so desperate. Like that doesn't always work. They were selling, but they weren't overselling everything they were doing because they were just, they were doing wrestling holds after all. Kurt Angle is able to lock Chris Jericho into the cross-faced chicken wing. You think, oh, here we go. Kurt Angle's taking this one. He doesn't bust this out very often. He's doing it because Bob Backlund's his mentor. But nope, here comes Chris Benoit. Drop kicks him right in the head. And Benoit does the smart thing. Sends Kurt Angle right out to the floor. Follows him out and tosses him into the crowd and runs in to the apron. Climbs the top rope. Outstretches his arms and delivers his falling headbutt right to Chris Jericho. Makes the cover. One, two, three. Chris Benoit is your intercontinental champion. And that's just the beginning, folks, because remember, Bruiser Nation, this is a two out of three falls for both championships. And Kurt Angle is in shock and wastes absolutely no time at all attacking Chris Benoit. It, like right after the three count, 
Kurt Angle is in there nailing Benoit in the back of the head. And if you can believe it, the pace quickens even more. Not only the pace, but the intensity really picks up here. The, the strong style that Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit learned in Japan really meshes well with Kurt Angle's Olympic wrestling style and it creates a more realistic product. And they all start taking more and more chances, especially Kurt Angle. He's going up for a moonsault. Nope, Jericho recovers, hits him in the back, sending Kurt Angle crotch first into the turnbuckle. He's sitting there. Jericho's going for a backdrop. Nope, now Benoit shows up and he backdrops Chris Jericho. And then Kurt Angle, realizing that both of his opponents are prone on the canvas, goes for a moonsault. That absolutely beautiful moonsault that Kurt Angle does. But Benoit's able to move out of the way. Kurt Angle crashes to the canvas instead of crashing into Chris Benoit. And I will just mention this. Chris Benoit's clotheslines, like, swallow people? I feel like his clothesline was the precursor to the sling blade that uh, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor and guys tend to use now. It's fairly similar, just Benoit doesn't leave his feet completely. It's like he leaves one foot, but he does turn. It's, it's pretty vicious clothesline, honestly. And even Jericho's pulling out all the stops at this point. He wants the Intercontinental title. He didn't get it. So he wants that European title even more now. So now he's doing his double powerbomb that he hadn't doesn't do to a lot of guys. And then Benoit goes and grabs Kurt Angle after Kurt Angle took a double powerbomb and gives him the dragon suplex which if you're not sure what the dragon suplex is, it is when you get behind your opponent, put him in a full Nelson, and suplex him behind you. It's very hard to do. And really hard to get a pin out of. Benoit attempted to bridge. He ended up being under Kurt Angle's body. Tim White, the referee, counted his shoulders down, but Benoit realized this and kicked out, and now Benoit climbs the top rope, attempting for a second diving headbutt, this time from a different corner onto a different opponent. Kurt Angle is able to move out of the way at the very last second, sending Chris Benoit crashing into the canvas. Benoit's laying there prone, middle of the ring. Oh, here comes Chris Jericho delivering a lion salt in the cover. One, two, three. And Chris Jericho is the new WWF European champion. And these three really put together a fantastic triple threat match smashed into the middle of a pretty stacked WrestleMania card. They went out there and they stole the show just by going step by step and not trying to reinvent the wheel. They just went very logical with their matchup. And when I say logical, I mean logical in-ring decisions. Quick covers. I want a title and I want to get out of here. This is ridiculous. Someone always being there when you're making a cover or putting someone in a submission or right after you deliver a suplex. Oh, this guy's right here. It helps sell the illusion of combat. And that's one of my favorite things about professional wrestling. It has the ability to just kind of suck you in if it's done correctly, be it wherever the storyline goes, whether it's a vicious storyline, you attacked my best friend or family or 
or me trying to weaken me for my title to something corny like you looked at me the wrong way in the locker room or you spilled my coffee on me in the back somewhere. If it's done correctly with the right professionals, any storyline can suck you in because the professionals care. If they care about the storyline and they do their part, and tell a story in the ring as well with vignettes and packages, then it tends to work step by step, rung by rung, until you reach the finish. Because there was no real backstory. Yeah, these guys had been feuding over these titles for a while, but really the match was made the, the night of. And they went out there and they told a really good professional wrestling story, which led to two very good finishes. Talking about finishes, you know what's not finished? The Bruce Cruz Podcast. Right here, Bruiser Nation. We're going to keep going. Just give us a follow. Give us a listen. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think of the Bruce Cruz Podcast. Let me know what you want me to cover on the Bruce Cruz Podcast. Because I want to bring everybody along for a ride on the Bruise Cruise each and every week. And next week on the Bruise Cruise podcast, we will have Heart of a Lion Part 3, where we revisit Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit from the Royal Rumble 2001 for the Intercontinental Championship in a ladder match. Let me know if you saw that one coming, folks. Until next time, Bruiser Nation, stay good, because I'm always good.